I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> well, you heard it, folks. We're ready. So, welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archija, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. Chris Lucky, who I caught taking an unfortunate sip of water mm. from a bottle that has no option but to make a noise when you drink out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome bottle, though. It's um, Super Mario Brothers, Mario and Luigi. Fucking Super Mario Brothers. Hell yeah. Those motherfuckers have been around for literally decades. They are. They like, are. They, they're alive longer than I've been alive. So, so like, so their names are Mario Mario and Luigi Mario? Uh, yeah, apparently. Because yeah. they're called the Mario Brothers? Just, yeah, just Mario Brothers. It's like, eh, hey, Mario Mario. Yeah, Luigi, Luigi Mario. Mario. Okay, all right. All right, solid. Seemed like a bit of an oversight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're the Mario Brothers, but my name is also Mario. I, 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 I guess the Mario's dad mm. wasn't really creative when it came to naming them. No. It's just like, eh, oh, my name's Mario. My mm. last name's Mario. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't name the other one Mario, though. Has to no, be Luigi. had to be a different one. Where did Has you come up with that? I mean, that sounds like a very Italian name. It is a very Italian name. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because Mario and Luigi are Italian plumbers. Mm-hmm. That are that have sold extremely popular in America, mm. but are actually Japanese. Ah, that is true. Globalization, true, motherfuckers. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, you know, do you ever see the uh, the Donkey Kong thing? It's like you're looking at a giant gorilla, but it's not a donkey. That's one of the uh, the translation things uh, yeah. with the Japanese thing. Because it, it, it was supposed to mean stupid monkey, mm-hmm. and they fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Donkey Kong, <laughs> and that lives forever. I like that a lot. That's cool. <laughs> One of my favorite lines, I listen to comedy albums a lot, mm-hmm. and Starbomb has one of my favorite lines uh. of any video game song. Yeah. It's like, I'll take Donkey Kong and I'll kick him in his conky dong. And I was just like, that's <laughs> yeah. so stupid. I love it. Yes. That is bass backwards. I like yeah. that a lot. <laughs> anyway, so to, we, today's a weird episode because we mm-hmm. come from like having a like, really good guest episode. And now I, we're back they, to being They, they were all right, I guess. They were yeah, all right. Yeah, they were, they were cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I see the two mics are still set up yeah. for four people. Yeah. And it's just, like, I expect people to be here now. Every time we have a guest, I expect the next episode to have a guest. You know what? Eventually, like, we won't even have to watch movies anymore. Right. People are just going <laughs> to come in every single talking. week and talk about whatever they want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, yeah. We had a great episode last week. We're, mm. I'm still a little bit over the moon over Same. how well that episode went. Oh, yeah. I think it was fantastic and brilliant, and you should check it out. Yeah. But this is episode 45. Yeah. Fucking fun. You had it written down. Yeah. You just did a big ass fucking check mark on it. Hells yeah. Episode uh, 45. Yeah. And, and, you know, we started the podcast and I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure how long it would last. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like taking it week by week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I find myself making plans for six months in the future. Nice. And I think it's, it's fucking great. It mm-hmm. is absolutely brilliant. Oh, yes. Uh, am I talking to the side of my mic again? Uh, let's I see. Am. There we go. That's a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. I can hear a little better there. Okay. Fuck that up, guys. Yeah, that's when, um, when we <laughs> first t- talked about the podcast, I was just like, I wanted a commitment. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm getting a relationship, I'm like, don't break up with me after two weeks. <laughs> like, it was like, uh, see this thing through. I'm like, let me get, get us to, let's see about episode 30. If by episode 30, this thing isn't going anywhere, then okay. <laughs> you know, so essentially, you were like, Brian, just don't fuck me and run. <laughs> yeah. I've been hurt before. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, no, same thing. I, I was worried about it because all my other partnerships are sort of kind of like, yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad. Episode 45, and I cannot thank you guys for the support. Hells yeah. Uh, you guys have been great. People are starting to comment now and interact with us, mm-hmm. and we're making friends overseas. Yeah. Uh, it's it's absolutely brilliant, and I am loving every second of it. Same. And it's an excuse to watch a movie a week most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Uh, and y- you don't really think about that's going to affect your movie watching experience when you have to when you have to watch a movie a week. Yeah. It's been fantastic for me. I I've loved it. 
Because every I know that every Wednesday or so I get to just sit down mm-hmm. and have an excuse to have watch an, an uh, three watch hours a of a movie. Yeah, and it's great. I fucking love it. What's What's changed with me is like going from somebody that just wants all to consume all things entertainment, mm-hmm. and now it's like I can't do it the same way anymore. Because I mean, it's just it's just so much, man. Yeah. So it's like now it's like I'll watch television for like my enjoyment, and then I'm watching one movie a week, maybe two. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. usually the movie that we're doing for the podcast or one other one. You know what I'm talking I, about? I'm doing it backwards. Mm-hmm. I watch television for my enjoyment and I watch no, I want movies okay. for my enjoyment mm-hmm. and television usually to keep up with what the fuck's happening mm-hmm. when you guys talk about it on the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. That's a that's my, my routine. But yeah. uh, I, I I'm much more of a movie guy than a television guy. Yeah. And I I just fucking love the idea of just like I have to sit down and watch a movie. Yeah. This is what I have to do. Yes. And people look at me and say, you don't have to. It's like, yeah, I have yeah, to. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, you <laughs> I'm not going to show yeah. up to my show like, I don't know. I didn't like it. Didn't see it. Fuck that. What, what, <laughs> did, what didn't you like about it? Um, the fact that I didn't watch it. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the movie Heat yeah. by Michael Mann. Mm. Uh, great movie. Mm. Fucking long ass movie. Yeah. Didn't expect that at all. No. Expected a fucking crime thriller that was mm. like an hour and a half. Not not to be confused with um the Melissa McCarthy and um what's the the, the woman that was in it? Oh, with her? that was the fuck me. Was that a The Heat or In Heat or something it was Melissa McCartney and and Sandra re- Bullock. Sandra Bullock, yeah we yeah. go. I really like Sandra Bullock. Uh, I like Sandra Bullock too, but yeah. she doesn't make necessarily great movies. She had a Miss Congeniality. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the first yeah. one I was gonna say. And uh, gravity. I like those movies and gravity. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of. Oh, um, the um, blonde side. I like the blonde side. I haven't. Oh, yeah, I haven't. Seen, I don't yeah. like. I don't like like inspiring. Sports That's what movies. that was. Yeah, it's inspiring. I just sports. like. Oh, good. He had a tough life. Yep. And he came out on top. Yes. Now I'm gonna go cry in ice cream <laughs> while I jerk off. Yeah. Thanks for the ego boost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but talking about heat, great movie, mm-hmm. Michael Mann. But before we do any of that, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, some ketchup, uh, some mustard, some uh, some condiments. We're gonna um, play some mayonnaise. My <laughs> little dumb fucking mayonnaise. Uh, the uh, first thing on the list is um, Insecure. It's over. The show is um, is finished with season one. Um, it's a really really good show. I mean, I'm not gonna spoil anything just in case nobody's seen any of the episodes. But one of our former teachers, uh, Bessie Adute, yep. she's in LA right now. She was at the uh, Writers Guild of America West uh, meeting that they had yesterday, and um, the cast and the writers cast for. Uh, Insecure was there, and I was just so fucking jelly last night. <laughs> so jelly. Could have put peanut butter on your meta sandwich. Yeah, man. Because it's like the, the writers for that show, it's like the star is Issa Rae. Like, that's the one that's, you know, you see on HBO, mm-hmm. who's on the, the cover of everything. But I'm like, Natasha Rothwell, there's like four writers that I've been following on that mm-hmm. show for a good deal of time. Is the star also a writer? The star is also a writer. Oh, She's right. not the head writer, though. But um, there's four other writers on there that I've been following their YouTube work and other work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I was in that room, that same room while everybody's clamoring around the big star Issa Rae, I might be able to get five minutes aside with this person that everybody thinks is a nobody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the, the true talent, the writers. That's kind of the greatest thing about being a writer. You're yeah. kind of an unsung hero yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You can yeah. enjoy the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the show's good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what even is it? Um, it's, it's basically showing a relationship with, um, a, a black couple in a relationship and women in their thirties not having it all together yet. 
Yeah, the the idea is that by the time you turn 30, that you've gone through your teens and your 20s and you have it all figured out. And now you're just going to continue to build upon that. And the reality is that nobody ever gets it all figured out like ever. You know, that's what hurt me about the show Divorce with uh, Sarah Parker. Not saying her name. Uh, With Sarah Parker and Divorce because I'm like, okay, now you're 50. You mean Sarah Jessica? Nope, didn't mean that. (laughs) 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 You you know what? You know what? um, My my girlfriend brought up so much. She said she said I'm sexist because I have a problem with Tiffany Amber Thiessen Mm -hmm. and Sarah Jessica Parker. But Never bring up Neil deGrasse Tyson. Never bring up Neil Patrick Harris. Never That's bring true. up any of those people. Fuck both of you. Fuck them exactly. <laughs> Fuck them too. Neil Harris, Neil Tyson. That's yeah. it. That's all you get. Get the fuck get out. Get the fuck out, Neil Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you fucking get, man. Um, but, but thank but, you for coming, <laughs> us, though. That was really good. <laughs> um, besides that, just um kind of like pushing it to the limit with the school thing mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm coming up on two more quarters left after this so really have to have to have something to show for all this money that's been spent right you know so actually just trying to push it a lot harder now i feel you yeah uh, i still got two years left after you leave but i'm at the point now where i've like i think i've learned enough that i can go out and do a thing Hell yeah. and then and then just do that for a while definitely can uh, so I, I definitely also want to start to get shooting uh, some things. Yeah. Shot an interview the other day with uh, our, our electronic field production class. You've been doing a lot of interviews lately. Uh, yeah, that's because my teacher fucking loves interviews. <laughs> <laughs> was this one with like a, uh, a prominent North Carolina member as well? No, no, no. This one was with a Central Food Hub. Okay. They uh, they grow local, locally sourced foods, mm. uh, apples, potatoes, nice. onions, all that shit. I like that. And uh, they sell it in a farmer's market type thing where farmers can register and they go and they just like sell their product. Yeah. And it's organic and it's locally grown and mm. all the money goes back to the community and like making it sustainable. Nice. And all that shit. Environmentally conscious farmers. It's a pretty great operation. Yeah. And they're trying to get on their feet uh, to open like five days a week instead of just Saturdays. Mm. Uh, they're right behind a pizzeria in Charlotte, in Uptown Charlotte. Okay. And uh, the pizzeria uses their ingredients, so everything oh, the pizzeria uses is, like, delicious and fresh. Do you remember the name of this pizzeria? Uh, I don't. Because now I want some of that pizza. Sadly. I have the address for it, cool. so we can definitely go there. Hell yeah. Uh, I had They gave us some of the pizza uh, mm. while we were there filming. It's pretty good. Holy fuck. I bet it was So good. good. Yeah. I they had, it had, like, radish and ground beef and cilantro, mm. and you squeeze some lime on it, and then you ate, and it was just like... Holy fuck, this is really good. Yeah. Uh, so we did that interview, and it went fantastic. Uh, yeah. The lady gave us, like, 12 minutes of footage to talk to Cotton into. Nice. And uh, it went pretty great. I have to go to school tomorrow and get all the footage. Mm. Other than that, it, 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 it was a pretty good interview. Nice. And the shots look nice. Yeah. And I have a problem with focus because mm. my eyes don't work very well. I have astigmatism. Mm. So what looks in focus to me is usually just a little bit off Yeah. because my eyes fucked up. I mean, I'm, I've been taking your lead with that, with the, because um, I mean, even like something that I don't have astigmatism, but mm-hmm. it's like I thought something was in focus, and then I went <laughs> back and looked at it. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like, and the way that you work is like, even if you see something in focus, you'll go get a second opinion, be like, hey, yeah. you know. So, I'll yeah. get three opinions if it's a really important shot. I'll yeah. get three people to look at it. Yeah. That way, if it fucks up, there's two other people that fucked up with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the shots looked really great. Nice. Uh, the lighting was fantastic. Mm. Uh, the t- I was I was a little nervous about working with the team. Yeah. Because uh, I just never worked with them before. Mm. But it, it, it all went pretty smoothly. Okay. So I was really happy with it. And uh, I, I can I know that I can do interviews now. Yeah. Go, going into that, and that was kind of kind of encouraging. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I want to start to. I'm writing. I finished a first draft of a thing. Hell's yeah. A full feature length thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's of course it's a first draft, so it's shit. Yeah. 
Um, but I finished it, and now I'm working on the second draft, and and it's it just it feels good to you've just wor- be working. You've been working on that for a while. That's that's well for the past what, nine weeks. weeks, I guess eleven yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's that's been big. It, it's been it's it's a pretty big moment for me knowing that I could finish something, have ninety pages of a thing. Yeah. And they're a bit shit, mm. but they're ninety pages of a thing. Yeah, hell yeah. And and I never. I think the most I've written was one hundred and fifty of a novel. Mm. And but this is like a full finished product. Yeah. And I'm into it. I really, really, really like it. Yeah. yeah. There was a, um, a thing that I was noticing when shooting and looking back at it mm-hmm. and then listening back to episode one with Tarantino and just uh, so much shit talking, you know, from on my part, you <laughs> know, just speaking from my part, like so much shit I'm throwing on this guy. And I still have him on my top five directors. Yeah. But I mean, I've bashed him harder than any other director that I respect. But you know? I think it's because he's so good. It is. Yeah. It definitely is. And um, just just looking at, at back at, at all the the bashing that I've done to like it'd be like equivalent to like if I bash you over and over and over again, it's like by the time I hit you with some flattery, it was like go oh, fuck off, <laughs> you know, it's like the fuck out of here, bro, like shit, you know. So it's like just hitting him over the head with all this shit, and then I go back and look at my short film, and then it's like they say imitation is like the biggest form of flattery or whatever, yeah, right. And I'm just like copying all of his shit a lot <laughs> of know? tarantino elements so in much fucking tarantino inside of it so i mean it's just like regardless of like the shit that i'm talking i mean it's like he's a very influential director yeah really that's is. that's it's the weirdest thing about being a filmmaker you don't really know who your influences are mm-hmm. until you start looking back at what you've done yeah uh and and sort of with the podcast reflects that Mm-hmm. Huge influence, obviously, Mark Maron's oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. And you never really see that or never really thought about it mm-hmm. and, and until I listened to last week's episode. And I was like, that was a really loose conversation. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what I strive for when in those caps the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I enjoy about Maron. So, like, the little, like, influence. You don't know who your heroes are until oh, you yeah. do them. Mine, and, like, yeah. film and writing, it's been Edgar Wright for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, see, my, my heroes in uh, podcasting, uh, they had a podcast called um, Professor Blastoff. They're the only podcast that I ever went to uh, to go see live. Um, they, they, they stopped in 2014, 2015. They got to almost 300 episodes. Damn. But what was so cool was like um, I, was, I felt like I was on the fringe. Like that was, I, was, I was following three people that were on the verge of becoming burgeoning superstars. Mm-hmm. And in my mind right now they are. You know, because they, they, they did their podcast for three years. One guy named Kyle Dunnigan, mm-hmm. who was one of the funniest guys that I've ever seen on a podcast ever. But even if I just, Kyle Dunnigan, like, who the fuck is that? Right. You know, but since then, he went on to make Amy Schumer one of the most popular comedians over oh, the really? past two years. Yeah. Damn. I mean, he's he working on her show? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote he wrote for her show for the first two seasons, and he won an Emmy for the uh, the songs. Like, all the songs that was on there, he wrote those songs. Uh, one of them was like, um, you don't have to wear makeup, girl. You look just whatever that song is. Yeah, like he won an Emmy for that. So it was like he was on that podcast for two years, Professor Blastoff. There was another woman named uh, Tig Notaro. Mm-hmm. She, um, she dealt with um, – She was she, on the podcast too. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's, nice. That was her podcast. Her, Kyle Dunnigan, and, um, and Huntsberger, uh, David Huntsberger. David Huntsberger. Yeah. they they a great name. Yeah, they, they had a podcast for three years, so I'm just like loving and loving and wanting to, um, to make something like that so much. But it's just – I guess it's kind of like anything. You'll see your influences – all inside of a basket yeah. you know it's like we're not going to be exactly mark Miller. we're not going to be exactly professor blastoff we're not going to be exactly the nerdist mm-hmm. it's going to be so many different things into that melting pot until we have that identity of this right. is us because oh, yeah. uh, that's a, a great thing because people say that you have to like originality is a mm-hmm. hard concept to come by definitely and they're right but yeah. origi- originality not only comes from coming up with a new idea mm-hmm. but it's like how do you interpret what's already Other been ideas. out put out there yeah and how do you handle that refreshingly? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's more important than having a purely original idea. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a concept and just go like, how how is how is this mine now? Yeah. 
and 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 yeah, no, that's absolutely what I what we should all strive for. Hells yeah. And I'm su- I'm super glad that pe- like I watching those people knowing that they've made a podcast and then they made it into doing the stuff that they really 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 want yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, just kind of. It's, it's a little inspiring. It, it is. It is. Because, I mean, it's like they're not to the point to where I can go say their name and somebody knows who they are. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm a, an existing human being and I know who they are and they don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like that, that would be very great to get to that, mm-hmm. that point in life. You know? Yeah. They have so their audience and their audience do. listens and it's great. Yeah. Uh, so anything else for catch up? Um, no. No? Uh, yeah. No, I think I'm good too. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 I just no. don't go. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um I, I re-listened to the uh, the You Made It Weird uh, podcast with um Pete Holmes mm-hmm. the uh, the episode with Harris Whittle oh, yeah. and it uh, Devin was talking about what the fuck is that fucking what the Jonathan fuck is that? Jonathan they ju- get the fuck out of here Jonathan bro what's he that's talking the, about? that's what he does really now <laughs> he knows what time we we, we fuck the podcast <laughs> like that was intentional I feel like that was on purpose I'm gonna fuck up their podcast hell dude. yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but no, um, heard the uh, the you made it weird. We listened to the you made it weird podcast with Pete Holmes with uh, the Harris Whittle episode. Mm-hmm. Devin, man, if you listen to that, that episode was the shit. I mean, he really uh, Devin talked about it last week about how Harris Whittle goes into uh, MacArthur Park and then Skid Row, just trying to find heroin. You mm-hmm. know, from all these, it's it's a must listen, guys. Okay, uh, November two thousand fourteen, Pete Holmes, you made it weird. Check that November out. November two thousand fourteen, Pete Holmes, you made it weird. Hell yeah, I love that name. You made it weird, oh, uh, Pete yeah. Holmes. Uh, no, and you made it weird. Mm, yeah. Because it's like anyone that shows up on the podcast, it's their fault. It's yep, you made it so. weird. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> you. I'm just here. You made it weird. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I was going to say. Oh, I found the ticket. I was looking for this. The one thing I was going to say is like there's a new trend happening and it's collectible tickets. Mm? I have it right here. Uh, I went to go see Moana and they gave me a plastic like four by two or four by three ticket yeah. for the movie. And it's, it's such a cool idea. Because I've always already collected uh, movie tickets. They're yeah. just in my wallet. Mm-hmm. But this is a thing that I can actually put somewhere and it'll last a while. And it's fucking fantastic. Hell yeah, it is. And I liked it. I, Rogue's, uh, Rogue One's going to do one too. And I just, I, I think it's a cool idea and I, and, I, and I want more people to do it. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> um, I mean, my girlfriend yeah. collects all the tickets and that's a much better looking ticket than that yeah, flimsy right? piece of paper, you know, thing. That's, that's nice. So I, I'm, I'm legitimately into the collectible ticket thing. Yeah. It's the one trend in Hollywood that I will fully support without cynicism. I'm on that. It's great. <laughs> I'm on it. Uh, and that being said, we're going to go take a little break. I'm going to go stuck up on water. And then we're going to talk about all Pacino and Robert De Niro trying to kill each other. hoo <laughs> That's not the same movie, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Be right back, guys. You know, I I noticed that I didn't. I didn't turn my phone off, yeah. the, uh, the the ringer off in the last segment, but I just didn't get a notification because nobody likes me. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I think I can silently, I can never turn my phone on silent. Like, it's not going to matter. It's not going to be a difference, <laughs> silent or not. Like, my phone is dry. <laughs> people text me a lot. Yeah. I don't text a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people text me. Yeah. And it, it gets annoying sometimes when you're just like, I just want to, like, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a nap. Do not have that problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's cool. I like it. I don't know why I have it. I'm like, like half an you know, asshole to most people. I, I like that nobody cares about me. And it's okay, Chris. Nobody I care sends about me you. messages, and you know, I, li- I like that. You know, it's cool. You know, <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
I feel like we're gonna take a second. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna work through this. No, you know, you know what I do like. It's like I do, I do like uh, have inter- interaction. I do like mm-hmm. when people um, talk to me, mm-hmm. but I don't like the obligation to respond. That's true. You, <laughs> you don't know? do that a lot. Yeah. And, and texting you is a weird. It's a yeah. weird thing. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll get really excited about something and I'll text you like seven texts. Like. And I'll get a response two, two days three later. Three days later, yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I guess that's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I like I like to you know because like cause most of the time it's like I'm not getting any messages. So when I finally do get one, I'm like, oh yeah. And then I just go back into the hole of despair and loneliness. <laughs> and then when I'm forced to come out, like when I have to go interact with people in the real world, then I'm like, okay, I guess I should go ahead and start responding to these messages then. <laughs> At first, when I when I was first starting getting to know you and mm-hmm. you did that, I was like. Oh, fuck. Did I say something weird? No. I think I said something weird. Nope. And then it just responded three days later with an even weirder thing. Yeah. Like, oh, he just takes a long time. It's yeah. like the government. You, know, like, <laughs> yeah. you send a letter, you got to respond two months later. Yeah. <laughs> if not longer. And it's, like, and it's like, I don't even explain it. But like, oh, well, this was going on and this and this. Like, no, I just respond just as no if time passed. no time has passed. <laughs> hey, I just saw this. Okay. Just responding through that. Yep. Uh, I also want to point out before we get started, mm. I have developed a new skill. Okay. And it is the ability to put glass. Glasses, uh, like glass cups yeah. on glass surfaces yeah. without making noise. I gotta see this. That is purely. I gotta see it. Let me see. Let me see. Hold I on, did hold it. On. I did it. Hold on, guys. Hold on. We need silence. Let's, let's complete silence. Yes. Holy shit, bro! <laughs> you know what? You know what? I kind of got to give you credit for that. That is a skill. That's that is a, skill. a skill. Purely born because we've been doing this podcast for forty-five minutes. Yes. Episodes. I mean, I, I just had to resort to using a plastic cup. <laughs> I kept banging the glass against the glass table. I was like, "Well, fuck it," you know. And, if, and I just have a mouse pad here, so if I want to just fuck it up, I just put it in. There. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I realized something yeah. that I want to graduate past the uh, the chit chat. Uh, that I, I like me and your mom do like a hi how are you how are you yeah. you know we do that and it's in spanish you know but i only know so much spanish so it can only go so far right you know so when um in you know my natural language english you know in school there's a uh, teacher that comes by uh, uh miss nori manueli she's a really mm-hmm. cool lady and um we talk every time we pass by but it's a small chit chat hey right. how are you doing hey how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i'm doing pretty good too all right well uh, i guess i'll see you later you know and that's it yeah. and um and even and a couple of days ago she tried to go past that and instead of the typical hey how are you oh i'm doing fine she was like um you know well it's just been a long quarter you know i'm really tired and she opened up um, a little she opened up a little bit and then i was still i was like um all right well and and then i didn't open up back <laughs> with her you know, but but yeah. the, but the thing is, like, it's that's what me and your mom was like. She'd be like, uh, "Come on, style stage." Like, "Oh, come on, style, move in." And I'm like, "Move in." You know, yeah. it's like you too. You know, so um, so it's like I would like to go pat the, the next step <laughs> of the bullshit. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't want to have a genuine conversation, but I would like to take the <laughs> next step of bullshit. Be like, "No, I'm doing very good today. The the weather's nice. What, what do you think about the weather? Yeah, the weather is nice. All right, I'll see you. Your <laughs> you dog's know? nice, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I like him. Just to have like longer than a ten second inter- interaction. You know, that's pretty great. <laughs> I, I I did something uh, yesterday that I'm really proud of. Mm-hmm. I was having a com- it, it, one of our classmates was complaining about somebody mm-hmm. in their life, and I don't know who it was. Yeah. But uh, well, I overheard it, and I thought I would say something funny. Yeah. And so I said the funny thing, mm-hmm. but then this person turned around and looked at me. Yeah. And then their whole body turned towards me. Yeah. And they started talking to me. Yeah. About the person that they were complaining about. Okay. And I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't want this interaction. No. I just wanted to say the funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's looking at me, and now he's talking to me, and mm. I have the the nervous of conver- the nervousness of conversation mm-hmm. on me, mm-hmm. and I and I go like, dude, I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to. I just wanted. I, I just. 
I, I want to leave the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you always want to leave my conversations. Mm. I was like, that's because they tend to make me a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. I'm going to go now. <laughs> and that was it. That was yeah. the whole interaction. Yeah. It was great. Nice. <laughs> I love the honesty of telling someone. This is weird for me. Yeah. I'm gonna leave. That's <laughs> great. It's like I'm. I, I, I reside in the in the darkness and the awkward enough to find the funny, but I also <laughs> don't want to sit in it with you. <laughs> like you. This is a one passenger ride, buddy, yep. and you are not it. <laughs> no. Anyway, let's actually talk about this goddamn movie. Yeah. Heat. Uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, directed by Michael Mann. Yeah. Give us a rundown. All right, this is an awful long rundown, but this it's is also an awful, awful long fucking movie. It is awful. Michael Mann. Sheesh, bro. Jesus. Sheesh. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> Heat. A successful career, cr- career criminal considers getting out of the business after one last score while an obsessive cop desperately tries to put him behind bars in this intelligent thriller written and directed by Michael Mann. Uh, Robert De Niro is a thief who specializes in big, risky jobs, such as banks and armed cars. He's very good at what he does. He's bright, methodical, and he's honed his skills as a thief at the expense of his personal life, vowing to never get involved in in a relationship from which he couldn't walk away from in 30 seconds. Al Pacino is an LAPD detective determined to catch Robert De Niro, uh, but while his personal code has forced him to do without a wife and children, uh, his dedication has made him a wreck of his home that he's tried to have. He's been divorced twice. Uh, he's all but a stranger to his third wife, and he has no idea how to reach out to his troubled step- stepdaughter, who we'll get into who that is later. Um, he has enough money to retire and is planning to move to New Zealand. He loves the thrill of robbery as much as the profit and is blocking out plans for one more job. Meanwhile, he's met a woman whom he's not sure he can walk away from. The supporting cast includes Val Kimmer, Ashley Judd, John Voight, Henry Rollins, Natalie Portman, Danny Trejo, Tone Loke, Jeremy Piven, and Dennis Haysbert, the guy from Allstate. <laughs> Is that really the guy? That's the guy from Allstate. Is the, that um, the, the getaway driver at the end? Yeah, yeah, the guy that was working inside the restaurant. <laughs> I knew that motherfucker yeah. looked familiar. You're in good hands with Allstate. Yeah, That's that fucking fantastic. That might be my favorite little tidbit about the movie. Yeah. The fact that the Allstate guy was a getaway driver in it. Yeah. That is I brilliant. mean, he's, he's a legitimate actor, but it's just yeah. that's the only thing we know from him, really. <laughs> it's the Allstate guy. It's fucking great. I was I was surprised at all those people. Like Natalie Portman, when she popped up, I'm like, shit. Mm-hmm. What are you like, 14 in this movie? <laughs> she know? was about, I guess, a little bit older than Leon yeah. the Professional. Mm, yeah, so it's five or maybe seven years older. Yeah, some of that. I I, I love Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. I she was in. Uh, this was a weird movie because mm-hmm. I I love the movie. Yeah. I like the movie a mm-hmm. lot. But I could have done without, even though I love Natalie Portman, I could have done without her subplot. Okay. I could have done without the, I could have done without Van Kilmer's subplot with the wife. I kind of like that a little bit. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. Like it's enjoyable, mm. but it is a two and a half and a fifty hour minute. Three movie. hours, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It is a three hour movie. Yeah, something has to go. And <laughs> I could have done without the Van Kilmer subplot mm. and the and the teenage daughter subplot. Okay. Up to the teenage daughter subplot. Comes back at the end. Yeah. But it, it, the payoff for that is like maybe five minutes of actual payoff. Yeah. Could have done without it. Could have to. Uh, would have made the movie about 40 minutes shorter. Yep. I would have been okay with that. Same. Because the most interesting part really was Al Pacino mm-hmm. and Robert De Niro being obsessed with each other. Yes. That's really what the movie's about. Yeah. I don't need an hour of subplot. Uh, well, Val, Val Kimmer's part a little bit helped helped me with, because, um, you know, Robert De Niro, he comes and sits down with uh, Val Kimmer at one mm-hmm. point. And Val Kimmer was like, uh, and he gives him the same speech that he gives every single person, every 30 minutes in this movie. Mm-hmm. You never do anything that you can't walk away from in 30 seconds, yada, yada. And he's like, I don't know why you've gotten in a relationship and gotten married. And then Val Kimmer was like, well, I don't know about you, but 
uh, for me, I wake up and I heard my life the revolves around The sun rises and sets with her. Yeah, the no, sun no, rises and sets with her. Yeah, and then De Niro was like, okay. You know, yeah. Like, and, I have to respect it. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, yeah. it wasn't like it, could, it had to go. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But it didn't need I mean, to be there. Yeah, they could have cut a lot of this movie yeah. out. <laughs> I would have been okay <laughs> with that. Like, that yeah. conversation would have still been able to happen. Yeah. Uh, but you could have cut, like, all the faff in between about him mm. sh- shitting on her or being a gambler and yeah. fucking up the family. Yeah. It's like, no, that doesn't really come into play for nope. Van Kilmer's character. Nope. Uh, it's nice, but, like, uh, yeah. I don't need it. Yeah. Anything that had to do with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Need that. I absolutely, absolutely love that. Yeah. And everything that they put for those two characters mm. and their backstories yeah. is great. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but all the, the string characters I could have done without, mm. really. Uh, they didn't need that much development for me. Yeah. Um, but Al Pacino. I want to talk about Al Pacino for a second. I, I think we're going to be on opposite sides. I opposite think sides? I think you're going to be on the Al Pacino train, and I'm on the Robert De Niro train in this movie. <clears throat> okay. Let's let's see where this goes. Let's all see right. where this takes. All right. Uh, Al Pacino. I absolutely fucking love Al Pacino. As an actor, yes. I just love Al Pacino. Yep. I never realized it. I, I watched a lot of his movies, mm-hmm. and I liked a lot of his movies, and yeah. it's Mostly because of Al Pacino. Sure. He's great. Yeah, he is. Uh, his screen presence is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Every The way he delivers his lines is great. Yeah. He was such an asshole in this movie, mm-hmm. but kind of like a like a noble asshole. Sure. Like, he'd come and fuck somebody up, but then they'd be like, all right, now I got to go do my job. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. And he yeah, he's like, he lived by a coat. Yeah. Yeah. He has some of my favorite lines in this movie. He was like, when he was talking with the, the convict or the CI mm-hmm. the first time. Oh, the informant, yeah. Uh, the informant. Mm-hmm. And he goes like... Dude, you got to have some empathy for me. And he goes like, yesterday was empathy. Today, you're wasting my motherfucking time. Don't waste my motherfucking time. (laughs) (laughs) As he leaves. As he leaves, yeah. He's just such a good, like, honest. Like, you can see that guy walking in the streets of L.A. or Mm. New York. Mm. And you'll be like, yeah, okay, that guy exists. He's Mm. a person. Yeah. Uh, He's an identity. I fucking love that. Mm. And my other favorite line is like, uh, he's uh, the the money launderer. He's mm. like, oh, why did I get involved in this shit? Yeah. It's like, cause she got a big ass, <laughs> and you got your head all the way up. And cause it. she's got a <laughs> great ass. <laughs> 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 Just like his presence on camera was fucking fantastic, and mm. every time he was on screen. I loved every second of it. There was not an Al Pacino moment in this movie that I was like, needed to go. Okay. It was great. All right. Uh, same with Robert De Niro. Every time Robert De Niro came on screen, mm-hmm. I was like, I got to pay attention to the scene. This is important. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yes. Um, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, I think, were, it's, it's a, one of those examples when the protagonist and the antagonist mm-hmm. are mirror images of each other. Yeah. But like they're yang. working on a different moral code. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely fucking love that it was great it was it was tough for me because it was like a um i forget the movie that we watched not too long ago but i was like who who am i pulling for who right. who, uh, who am i siding with in this i think it was, was it uh, oh uh, the the nolan one following uh, uh maybe uh, maybe yeah. But, yeah but it's just like who 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 am i supposed to be pulling for here do i want robert de niro or do i want al pacino do i want the uh the super evil guy you know that <laughs> killed the, and that's that's oh yeah that was another subplot that yeah. was nice but i didn't need it i needed that yeah. I, I needed that guy. I mean, that's that was the true evil. Like, I, like I, I feel like I need sometimes in a movie just for my brain to deactivate. Be like, oh, okay, that's the easy choice. That's the bad guy. And yeah. Then I'm like, oh, that's the easy choice. That's the good guy. Right. And you don't really have that in this movie of mm. the easy choice of the good guy. But they give you a clear-cut version of Robert De Niro is kind of a bad guy, but the guy that's working with him is clearly much, <laughs> yeah. much worse. 
Wayne yeah. Grove is his name. Yeah, Wayne Grove, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they start the movie off with something that you're not going to see in movies, you know, after the year 2000. Like, this movie's like 1995. Yeah. They start the movie off by point-blank shooting four police officers to death. Yep. First uh, thing. Like, whoa. They drop you right in it. They're yeah. like, oh, there's a heist going. Oh, okay, they're go- okay, they're dead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's not done like the way that you will see like a um, a shootout happen in the year 2000 or after, mm-hmm. where you know you're is long distance, and if someone gets a, a police officer gets hit, then it's just like a shoulder. Oh, and then they fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like this right here is like you showed close ups of four police officers after you know they can't hear anything. They're still buzzing. Yeah, you of know, the explosion. from the explosion, and they're bleeding out of their ears. You know, they can't hear shit. And the uh, the terrible terrible guy that who's the clear villain, mm-hmm. he's uh, being eyed down by one of these police officers. Yeah, you know, and it's just it's all in his head. And he was like, "Oh, you you want to make a move? You think you fucking with me? You want to make a fucking fuck move? With me? Yeah." And then he shoots the guy in the head, point blank, kills him. Mm-hmm. Then another officer pulls out a gun, you know, in retaliation, and then they shoot the uh, the other two. Right. So there's one police officer remaining, just one guy just standing there. Val Kilmer gives him the nod, like, "Yeah, go ahead and kill him. We don't want a witness to it." Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, it was just so odd to have a movie start like that it like, really it really was weird but that scene had a really great effect and it was mm-hmm. to show you the tone of the people you're dealing with yes because yeah. they, they didn't want to kill the guys they worked mm-hmm. hard to keep them alive mm-hmm. but once the the shit went down yeah. they had to they had to kill them they yeah. didn't hesitate it's business that's that's what established uh de niro as the ultimate bad guy for me mm-hmm. e- eventually when I recognize anybody that he's connected to, no matter how good his intentions are, you know, they're perishing. There was, um, when they were going to make the last bank hit, mm-hmm. the, uh, the gray haired guy and they're all, they're all standing there. Uh, Danny Trejo was there and, um, he was like, okay, well, do y'all want to make this last run or not? And then he's like, you know me, it's like, if you're going to do it, I'm with you. It's like, no, this one, you have to decide right? You know, because this is going to be a big deal. He does the same thing with the, um, the all state guy or in the woman too. Yeah. Uh, yeah and the also guy. The guy was like, Hey, are you, are you coming with me or not? You know what this is? You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like, all right, I come. He and always gives people a choice. Yeah. He has a very, he's a bad guy, but he has a very clear code. Mm-hmm. And it's always present throughout the movie. He yeah. never does anything out of character. Mm-mm. Very consistent. Yeah. Uh, which was great mm-hmm. because it, it, I think it counterplays with Al Pacino's character because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that clear of a code, mm-hmm. but he has a clear principle. I mean, he has some. Yeah, he definitely, yeah. He definitely has somewhat of a code. You, you can come over. You can fuck my wife. You can sit up and sit on my couch, but you're not gonna watch my motherfucking television. <laughs> Something about angry Al Pacino, man. I fucking love when Al Pacino gets angry in the yeah. movie. It was like, uh, it's like you, and then he, he was he was so upset, you know, with his mm-hmm. with his uh, his third wife now, and, he, and he's saying it's like I don't know how you would do something like this to me. It's like I never cheated on you, yeah. and she was like, you probably should have, you know, because maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't feel so indignant, you know, and. Um, entitled to to all of these things that you don't deserve like you're never around the house you're not right. taking care of me you're not taking care of anything but you still feel so entitled to everything that a wife should bring in your life right you know? uh, it, it, it brings a question of flawed characters mm-hmm. obviously they're all they're all flawed characters yeah, yeah. Uh, and as funny as it is to watch Al Pacino struggle with his personal life yeah. it really hits some poignant moments of like obsession with work and, mm-hmm. and 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 sort of like how far do you go to you know, to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. How far are you willing to like drop people that are that love you mm-hmm. in order to like fulfill a goal that you have? Yeah, uh, I loved all of the questions that Al Pacino's character raised. Mm. Uh, I loved the fact that that happened because there really is Al Pacino and Norbert De Niro definitely even look like each other. Yeah, in the movie, they, they very purposely look like each other, and uh, it's it's interesting to me to see the same character on what like either you could have switched them out. You could have put the Niro's yeah. character. 
uh, as the cop and Al Pacino as the bad guy. Definitely. And it would have the movie would have still made perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's great. I love that. There's no sort of clear definition of which one of the two is the bad guy. Mm. They're just kind of like, this is my situation and this is why I'm rolling with it because that's what my experiences have made me. Yeah. And and that sort of brings into the movie a sense of world building mm -hmm. that sort of unifies the universe as a place where these people have lived and will live after the movie has yeah. happened. Yeah. And that, for me, is the, the full immersion of a movie when that happens. The, uh, my, my favorite scene in the movie was the first time that they meet. Well, not, not the first time when he pulls them over, but when they in have the, the in the cafe when they're yeah. sitting down. And um, Pacino was just like, he's like, yo, like, you want to continue doing this for the rest of your life? Like, you think that you can continue to do this? And Nero was like, I don't, this is the only thing I do. This is what I do well. This is the only thing that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, well, why don't you just have, live a regular life? You know, it's like, what, like you? You, you, you live a regular life? <laughs> what, what, what is a regular life? You know, uh, barbecuing, you know, going to cookouts and doing so and so with your family. Is that your life? Barbecues and baseball games. Barbecues, yeah, barbecues and baseball games. And Pacino was like, no, my life is bullshit. <laughs> he's like, my no. life is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he gives a rundown on how terrible his life is too and then he was like well why don't you go do something else he's like this is all i want to do you know i want to catch guys like you and you know it's, it's just they they're how much are you willing to sacrifice to get what you really want right you know and that's 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 what it comes down to both of those characters uh, al pacino was willing to sacrifice uh, his life with his 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 children or child he was mm -hmm. willing to sacrifice his life with any of his wives you know, just in the pursuit of whatever was empty inside of him that he needed to go to find. To kill by these people. Yeah. And, I, and I think that Opportunist character was really driven by more of a sense of justice than anything else. Yeah. He felt like he had to get these people off the streets. Mm -hmm. And and even he had a conversation with his wife when she encouraged him. Mm -hmm. She told He told her that she was going to have to share him with the job. Yeah. With the, all the bad people and all the bad events that happen in the world. Yeah. Uh, and, and they had an agreement with that. Um, but then she said that it's not sharing. She's getting the leftovers. Mm -hmm. And he said that he has to keep his angst inside of him because that's what keeps him going. Yeah. And, and and that conversation for me was really revealing of what kind of person Al Pacino he was. He, he's an obsessive, yeah. working guy that feels like this is the only way he can make a difference and mm -hmm. leave a mark somewhere. Yeah. He's concerned about making the world better. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. he doesn't care if it kills him because yeah. it's for a better good. Yeah. And and, and same with uh, Robert De Niro's character. Mm -hmm. On a much more selfish level, mm -hmm. he's like, oh, this is the only thing I know how to do, the only thing I will do, yeah. and I'll do it even if it kills me. I was a little upset with Robert De Niro's character. I would have liked to have known his motivation, mm -hmm. you know, behind this. It's similar to a Hell or High Water. Like, you understood why those two brothers, you know, were willing to do whatever it took. Like, you know, they were opposite sides of the spectrum, right. but they were try going for a goal. And I didn't necessarily understand how De Niro got into that that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. They they show one scene where he gets out of the bed and he has a um, a navy tattoo on his arm. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like I have a little bit of back history on him. You know, but it's like so you existed before this scene. You know, but how did you come to this? How did and, this happen? Yeah, yeah and and what what makes you stay in it? Like I understand why for Pacino. Mm -hmm. You know how you've come to this and why you're staying in it, but I don't understand why De Niro. And, and I, I think that's why I liked him. Mm. I think that's why I enjoyed the character. Because I didn't need to know him. Okay. I just needed to know what he did mm. for this movie to work. Cause I, mean, he I still liked him. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, I, uh, I don't, I'm not saying that that's a reason why you don't like him. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's the reason why the character worked so well for me. Because okay. I didn't know where he was from. All right. I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. He was just a guy that was present in Al Pacino's life. Mm. And now he had to deal with it. And, and, and that works just fine for me. Okay. Uh, and especially after the com uh, in the conversation in the cafe, yeah. where they sit face to face, 
for me, that was like Al Pacino trying to be like, you're the guy I'm obsessed with. Shit. Mm. You're the guy I'm obsessing over. Yeah. Why am I obsessing over you? Mm-hmm. And then after that conversation, he went like, well, if it's me or a poor husband and you're going to make a, a poor wife, you're going to make a widow. Mm-hmm. I'm not hesitating in shooting you down. Yeah. And, and Robert Dardino was like, well, if it's you or you get in my way, I'm not going to hesitate in shooting you down either. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't need to know why any of these characters do what they need to do. Mm. I just like the immovable force meets unstoppable object. Okay. Uh, the part of the movie. I think that worked so well for me. Okay. That I could have done without any backstory and it would have still made me happy. Because I knew what they were doing from the moment the film started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know what he was doing. It's just I didn't want to feel like De Niro was just a complete piece of shit. Right. You know, it's like I wanted to feel like he he had something in him that was, you know, driving that it's in, instead of just greed or being a shitty uh, person. I think that was a hint of it, saying because mm. he was an Irish. He was Irish. Mm. Uh, and he said that he was an Irish mobster yeah. at some point. Yeah. And it was like robbing liquor stores and. and oh yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I, that's just all, the only thing he was ever good at. Right. Yeah. And that that was like good enough for me. It's like okay. He was he just wanted a yeah. better life, and this is the only way he knew how to get a better life. Yeah. And that worked just fine for me. I didn't need any more. Did you Did you think anything about the um the the gum in the movie? Chewing. Yeah, the chewing, chewing gum. gum. They are uh, Al Pacino and uh, Val Kilmer. They, I mean, well, maybe because I don't, I don't chew gum, so it's right. like I notice any time I ever see someone chewing gum in film, and it's always very purposeful. I mean, because yeah. you're, you're not gonna be chewing gum on film unless it's for a reason. They want you to chew. Yeah, gum. Yeah, they want you to chew gum, and it was just very weird. Like whenever you see that, it's usually showing a lack of intelligence for the character n- normally. Mm-hmm. You know, lack of intelligence, or they're a dirtbag of some kind. And Val Kilmer and Al Pacino are constantly chewing gum in this movie. I didn't know that. Like ninety percent of the time. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So well, it, was just, it was just weird to me to see. Interesting that. enough, they're the only two characters that have um, wife troubles. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Maybe there's some link to. Ah. They wanted to draw a parallel though. Hmm. Uh, I didn't notice that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's like a big detail or like a tiny one linked them together. I, I don't, maybe so. I mean, yeah. it's like that. No one else chewed gum in the entire movie. Not really? one person. Not one subplot character. Nobody. Tone Loke, the black guy that they they made the deal, Pacino made the deal with inside the mm-hmm. club or whatever. Like no one ever, ever, ever. Maybe so you missed that they were the most stressed characters. Possibly. Usually, usually yeah. when people have a like a behavior that they repeat constantly, it's mm. a way to get stress out. Okay. Uh, Al Pacino with the wife troubles and the stress, and Val Kilmer with the same. Kid, wife, the whole thing. Maybe there's a parallel there. I like that. That they need another stimulator to sort of balance that shit out. Yeah, because you don't see them smoke. You never. You yeah, don't see no. either one of them smoking cigarettes. They're, no one smokes cigarettes no. in this movie. No. Which is weird because exactly. it's like a crime 95 drama. crime drama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, th- this movie uh, 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 is a great example of. I know we watched uh, Following by Christopher Nolan, and mm. I said that was a great example of neo noir. Mm. Uh, this is a great example of how you can take neo-noir mm. and put it in a context of modern crime dramas. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it wor- it works so fucking well for me. It was really good. The, the nightlife, uh, there's a couple of shots. There's not very many, mm. um, but there's a couple of shots, like they were in the Chinese club. With, I like uh, that. Yeah, one of the guys proposed to his wife mm-hmm. or whatever, and they exit, and the cops are surveilling them, mm. and you get this really sort of Blade Runner-y, Asian neo-noir kind yeah. of lighting with the neon night signs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that's just sexy. Mm-hmm. It just looks sexy. And, and, and you could tell it, it, was, it was a definite attempt at bringing that sort of cyberpunk mm. Japanese nightlife look yeah. into, a, into a cityscape. Because mm. uh, 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 
Japan was really the one that started that trend mm. with the neon signs and the, the cyberpunk yeah. Blade Runner type future. Yeah. And you could tell that they wanted to make that parallel with the lights. Mm. And I fucking loved it. It set the tone for me. That did look nice. Uh, it looked dreamy mm -hmm. in a way. There were a couple of shots, uh, which I'm going to reference in a video essay by NerdWriter1. Okay. And he was uh, The Style of Heat, I think is the name of the essay. I don't know. Mm. It's, a, it's, a mo it's a video about stylization. Okay. And how Michael Mann managed to make a neo noir feel different and unique mm. while still maintaining all, well, He claimed, Michael Mann claims that it's not a genre piece. Okay. Um, but it's definitely a neo-noir genre piece. Okay. And, and this guy goes through the breakthrough of why it's that. Mm. And part of it is like he makes an effort to make, make it dreamy, to separate the background from the foreground, mm. keep the characters, uh, keep the background sort of fluid and motion, mm -hmm. uh, put a big pile of yellow sulfur behind one of the characters, mm. uh, some natural coloring that makes the landscape just feel dreamlike yeah. and, and not like a place that you would expect to find in reality and that's sort of the stylization of the movie mm -hmm. it's kind of like a reality that's not really a reality you know, the, only, the only time that that hurt me is where um de niro he goes to the bar and he picks up the uh, the woman she's asking him questions he's like why do you want to know so, so much about me mm -hmm. you know why do you care what my name is why do you care what you know any of that stuff and she's less than like i've seen you come into the store a number of times yada 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 mm -hmm. they, they hit it off they have a good conversation they go back to a um a loft apartment or whatever yeah so um this is the only shot in the movie that i've had an issue with at all i think uh, we're gonna we're, you're gonna say the same thing that i was thinking when those shots happen the uh the bullshit um over the city look completely <laughs> green screened i mean it looks so bad to me man yeah and it's it like at one point he's holding a glass that has liquor in it yeah. and i'm looking through the glass from what should be the nightlife scape <laughs> and it's not there i'm like what the fuck is this bro <laughs> like, like that I, I, that's that's the only downside shot were, that I didn't there, like. there were three shots of the movie that were like that mm. and uh those three shots all bothered me yes I didn't man like them. But because in contrast of how well like everything else was shot, like mm -hmm. you're saying, the, I mean, it's when you have things look so good in other shots and then a clear like, bro, you could have spent a little more time. Yeah, those are definitely <laughs> shots that they did on yeah. a studio because yeah. they like these will be nice shots. So let's yeah. put them in. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Were you were you thinking about the act? Like I couldn't do anything but think about the actors the entire time when I'm watching this mm -hmm. because they're supposedly on top of this this large building overlooking the entire city of Los Angeles, mm -hmm. but in reality they're inside of a room in front of a green screen yeah. and it's Robert De Niro and a young woman making out furiously as if there's wind and a backdrop really <laughs> there, you know. So it's like it just took me out of it. It just it, I just it took me out of it too. Yeah. I I could have done without those shots. Yeah. Uh, that we didn't need them. Yeah, because we knew that they were gonna bang like yeah, yeah, five minutes bang. after meeting. Yeah, uh, that, that's another thing that annoyed me about this movie. Mm. I really enjoyed everything that was in the movie. Mm. It all entertained me. Yeah, but there were so many shots that would have been fine without. Mm. You would have gotten the same amount of information, and you would have known exactly what you were getting. Yeah, and you could have done without. And that was like that was my biggest problem with the movie. Mm. Uh, it, it's a it's a great dreamlike neo-noir perfect mm. example of like how good style yeah. can make a movie a genre piece not feel like a genre piece and still be entertaining mm. while definitely exploiting the the sort of the cyberpunk lighting mm -hmm. the the gangster the undercity type feel of the movie mm -hmm. the cat and mouse game that comes along with the movie yeah everything was great it was it was just too much of a great thing. too much of it yeah yeah And that's 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 somewhat on the director. It was like, no, you guys need four hours right, of yeah. this. Like, no, bro, we can probably get it in an hour and a half. Like, nope, <laughs> <laughs> let me give you some more. 
and and it's like well, to to counter that he tried to put so much star power in it mm-hmm. you know so even though it's a three hour movie every scene is going to have like a notable notable person and right. that's what i was noticing like so de niro's not in this shot pacino's not in this shot but holy shit there's a rapper from 1990 tone loke there's a, sh- uh, a song called funky cold medina yeah. and all those songs went with tone loke then i was like <laughs> holy shit danny trejo fucking machete right you know holy shit fucking jeremy piven from entourage you know it was, i mean it's just like there's so much star power in it but bro you can cut down an hour yeah you know <laughs> you could definitely do that and yeah. the movie would still work fine yeah, yeah. Uh, my other biggest issue that didn't turn into much of an issue after I digested it a little bit was some of the language that was used in the movie like what uh, a lot of the characters would avoid the use of contraptions oh, uh, I didn't notice yeah. that yeah uh, Al Pacino not Al Pacino uh, De Niro and uh, remember a specific example the conversation with the car uh, with the long gray-haired guy that was his buddy, mm-hmm. they goes like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And Emperor, and Robert Reno goes, "I am sure." And I was just like, "Why the fuck did you choose to uh, to not use the contraction there?" Mm. Uh, and uh, Al Pacino did it a couple times. De Niro did it a couple times. Uh, Van Kilmer didn't do it. Uh, the wife did it a couple times. Mm. And I was just like, "Why the fuck is that language there?" Why I, I, I didn't quite get it. I mean, I, I do that in writing, but I have never noticed that really in a film. Yeah. Besides Star Trek, um, <laughs> you know, where Data can't speak, you know, <laughs> contractions. Yeah. But they do it really subtly because, yeah. like, they, they, they avoid the use of contraction, mm-hmm. but they talk, they deliver the lines non-awkwardly. So yeah. it's just like, yes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's, that, one's on a contra- that one's on a contraction. Yeah. And, and it sort of left me going, like, why the fuck would you leave that as a writer when you're trying to make your language be naturalistic? Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, he's not trying to make the language be naturalistic. He just wants to get the point across. This mm. is the information that you need for the scene. Mm. That's what's going to happen. The Jess, I'm sure, is like forcing you to pay attention to that line. Because yeah. it's such a stark contrast from every other line of dialogue. Yeah. So after I digested, I was like, you know what? I'll give you a pass on that one. Um, I feel like it's purposeful enough. You can keep that to you. And I took it away from my problems with the film. It's pretty awesome to use in real life. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, um, hey, did you do that assignment that I asked you to do? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's never everything. Like, uh-uh. Because we all did it, uh, and it strikes a sense of honesty mm-hmm. from the character, uh, which it was weird to me at first. Yeah. I'm not used to seeing it in film. I'm much more used to seeing it in real life. Yeah. Fucked me up for a little bit, but after I, I was into it. Hell yeah. Uh, apart from, what's your favorite scene in the movie? Uh, favorite scene... Um, it's just, it's not a favorite as in I liked it the mm-hmm. same way like Game of Thrones my favorite character is Joffrey that doesn't mean I like this terrible person right. but uh, my favorite scene in this was the opening just because it was so jarring for me mm-hmm. it's like I wasn't expecting that they were actually going to point blank kill these police officers right like, like that and you know what An- another one the um, where what, what's the guy's name the maniac uh, Mangro Man- Mangro Wangro 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 yeah mm-hmm. um when he's a, he's in the apartment room or whatever, when he's he's gotten away from De Niro mm-hmm. and he's shacking up with this like teenage black girl, right. and she's talking about yeah, this is like the most monster sex, best sex that I've ever had, mm-hmm. and then he was like, you don't you don't realize you know who I am and what, what's going on right now. It's like you're you having a visit with the Grim Reaper. Yep, I was, that fucked me up for it. I was like, what the fuck? Is that? Yeah, yeah, and then next thing you see, she's like dumped inside of a basket, head first, dead. It's like, yeah. sheesh, you fucked know? up. It was yeah. fucked up. That was a, that was why I, I could have done without that character. Mm. Like, I know they had to keep him in at that point in the movie yeah. because he was coming back as a final flood device. Yeah. So he needed to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would have much liked to not have him be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have somebody be the bad guy. <laughs> he was clearly the bad guy. Like, yeah, he was a clear definition of a bad guy. But yeah. for me, it was silly and off-putting 
because it didn't fit with anything else that was happening in the story. They weren't uh, going after him. Uh, as I mean, a it, was, it was a luxury. It was a luxury yeah. to go after him at, at what uh, De Niro says no, towards the end. Right, it was, but the, the the crime, like I said, like the police department. Yeah. Despite the fact that there were like violent serial crimes, yeah. there was never a mention of any department going after these murders. Definitely not. Uh, Al Pacino is robbery, mm-hmm. and what is it? Was it robbery and homicide? Uh, I, I can't remember. It was something wrong. It wasn't even related to homicide, I think. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he makes it to the crime scene of the the dead girl. Yeah, the, I'm just yeah. like, why the fuck is Al Pacino there? He shouldn't be there. He's just trying to get closer to De Niro. Right. Like he doesn't care about any of the crimes. He just has a focus right now, and is getting him. Yeah, uh, but th- there was just like some connections that took me out of him with him being in the middle of the movie, mm. and I would have just I would have loved to find a more easy way. To a more him. not bad guy. Yeah, not not <laughs> necessarily because he could be a real bad guy. Okay, but something that fit more with what was happening with the other plots. Mm. Uh, I felt like the the fact that he was a serial killer was a little too jarring. Okay, and it sort of took me out what was happening with De Niro and Pacino mm. and Van Kilmer and his wife. Yeah, which were for me the far more interesting plot points. Okay. Uh, so like if they were, if they would have found a way to link it back, like maybe one of the murderers was like oh, one of De Niro's close friends. Yeah. And then somehow he heard about that, and I was like, oh, I can get to De Niro if I find the person that killed this guy, because mm-hmm. he has a vendetta against De Niro as well, so yeah. I can use him. That would have made more sense to link him that way rather than just being like, oh, he's a bad guy, he's killing people, but he also knows De Niro. I, f- I feel like in the end, they it just should have been shorter. Because yeah. like we both agree that there's too many subplots, mm-hmm. and we both like different subplots. Yeah. You know, so it's like, how about just cut a lot of that shit out? <laughs> you know, there's there's like a sub two subplots that I really enjoy that you're not a fan of. Mm-hmm. There's two subplots that you enjoy that I'm not a fan of. But we both agree that De Niro and Pacino were the most fascinating part th- of this fucking movie. Easily, they were brilliant. Easily, you know. So like, how about you cut an hour out of this movie, and and just give us that. <laughs> just, just give, give us Pacino and, and De Niro. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I I do say I like the presentation of of De Niro's and Pacino's characters. Yeah, I like the way that they interact with each other. Mm. It never felt like I'm gonna get you because mm. I'm gonna get you. I yeah. feel like they genuinely try to sort of comprehend each other. Yeah, and even at the end, after Pacino kills De Niro, they hold hands. Told you I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> I guess felt you like were right. It like a real romantic moment. Mm. And and like Pacino holds his hand, and they mm. they like I feel like they. They reach a point when they both got what they either had to get or wanted to get, and they were understanding each other as people, and that made them interesting to me as characters. Just kind of like the mutual understanding they had for each other. Like, I, I would hope, like, the feeling that I got after that with Pacino and the death scene with De Niro was Pacino re- realized that there's more to life. Right. Like, they, they both are somewhat the same person and right now he's watching a version of himself die alone in mm. his arms right there yep. you know so i'm like i'm in, in my mind the the next movie that doesn't happen he makes things right with his wife he makes things right with his kid you know and becomes more of a family man more so than being obsessed with his job right that's what i thought too yeah i felt like uh robert de niro dying was his obsession dying would work yeah because his daughter was just in the hospital and he was like no i'll stay this time yeah and i feel like uh, holding pacino uh, de niro's hand mm-hmm. was him saying i'm done with this yeah this is you're dead yeah and that part of me is also dead with you yeah and i, I think that was a great optimistic turnaround for a movie like this i agree uh really like i really just want to give credit to michael mann for being able to make such different movies mm-hmm. he made heat yep. yeah i haven't seen a lot of his movies but he made heat mm-hmm. he made hancock mm-hmm. uh, which is one of my favorite superhero movies really yeah i love hancock that's one great. of my least favorite movies really? just in general period <laughs> <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I think I like I like the character Hancock a lot. Okay. 
Um, I think I think I was just more upset from a black standpoint, more for than a movie standpoint. That makes sense. Yeah, because I'm like I've been waiting for a superhero movie forever from a black superhero, and then the first one you give me in a blockbuster, he's an alcoholic. I'm like, <laughs> all right, and he's fawning after a white woman. The first one, I'm like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, the only thing I already have in life is fucking like Spawn, who's <laughs> an evil superhero. Well, now you got Black Panther. Now we got Black. Well, Panther. yeah, hopefully yeah. Black Panther. But yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, but wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 you're, you're right. <laughs> It's one of my favorite superhero movies, yeah. just because I think it broke the mold of superhero movies before mm. there was a mold for that superhero movies. It definitely did. It did that. Mm. Uh, and and I just like I just like the the fact that a director can make such different, different. products. Yeah. And Heat is a great genre neo noir piece. Yes. And I think everyone should watch it, mm. even though it's three fucking hours long. Yeah, that's everyone should yeah. watch it. Three hours, yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's great. The cinematography looks gorgeous. Mm. The backgrounds for me, I personally love. Mm. The nighttime cinematography. I love, love, love nighttime cinematography. I do too. And uh, this one, it's a great use of it in, the, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Another great movie that I use really well is called Enter the Void. Oh, I love uh, that and it's movie. Fanta- it's such a great, great movie. <laughs> we'll have to do that one day. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I forgot the, the name of it. And Love with uh, Michael Man. Is that Michael Man? Into no, no, the- no, oh. no, no. Oh, I'm going to say, that's a Gaspar or something like that? Uh, no, no, uh, no, I Gaspar. Yeah. No, Gaspar. He also did. Uh, Love, which is a softcore porn with plot. Oh, I haven't really. seen that. Great movie. Okay. Uh, great use of nighttime cinematography. Nice. I feel like when a director knows how to use the environment mm. to make their movie feel real mm. and have a sense of like this is a world that exists. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when you get a good director. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's a brilliant movie. Really liked it. Could have been an hour shorter. Yeah. That's really my only complaint about it. I'm going to go 7 out of 10, and it's the three points that I'm taking away has almost everything to do with how long it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, yeah. I mean. I'm going to go 8 out of 10 mm-hmm. on this one. Uh, yeah. Solid drama, solid crime thriller, solid mm-hmm. mystery. Yeah. Solid sh- uh, cat and mouse movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, way too long. Yeah. Way too fucking long. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes agrees. They say 86%. Yeah. So, yeah, right around that is I'm just – Seven because you <laughs> three hours of my movie, guys. Like, it it felt like life. Michael Mann jerked off in the last hour of the movie. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, but um, recommended though. See yeah, it. yeah, it's pretty good. Hell yeah. Uh, I think that's it for our episode of uh, of Heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna take a break, do the little like music thing, <laughs> and then we're gonna come back with television and movie premieres. I'm gonna check my phone because it's going fucking crazy. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm in a podcast, people. You know when I record a podcast. I tell you every time we talk, and I have to do the podcast. <laughs> Wait, so. I mean, we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, Chris, I'm not gonna just do your movie thing, yep. man. Uh, this week <laughs> in uh, television and movie premieres, uh, starting with uh, Tuesday, December the 6th through Monday, December the 12th. Uh, the first television show is uh, called Knocked Up. Yeah, huh. you you would think that this is something good, you know, maybe like Seth Rogen or um, Judd Apatow. Yeah. Nope, this is a um, a lifetime show. Ugh. This is just so it's just gonna be pregnant women, I'd assume. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it sounds like a teenage pregnancy movie, really. Because because knocked up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you wouldn't consider like a thirty five year old woman knocked up. Right, she just yeah. responsibly pregnant. got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's that's knocked up. A reality show on Lifetime, 10 p.m. Probably not. No, I'm not gonna watch that. Yeah. Um, show that I am gonna be watching uh, Tuesday, December the sixth is Reggie Watts' uh, Spatial. I guess Spatial? it's called. Yeah. Got a shit fuck stack. <laughs> fuck <laughs> stack. Oh yeah. Love Reggie Watts. He's great. Oh yeah, he has. It's a comedy special that he has coming out. It's gonna be on Netflix nice. Tuesday, December the sixth. Fuck yeah. Reggie Watts is dope, bro. He is fantastic. I love him. Oh yeah. 
Uh, let's see who else do we got. Uh, next on December the seventh, uh, Conan Without Borders in Berlin. Oh. Uh, it's gonna be on TP- TBS at 10 p.m. So um. So Conan has a travel show now. Yeah, I mean he went to uh, Cuba. Yeah, somewhere else too. Um, Korea. Korea. He, he went to Korea last month, I believe. South or South Korea? I doubt South Korea. <laughs> no, North Korea is a crazy one. I thought he went to the crazy one. Then maybe he did. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, I don't know. <laughs> one of the Koreas. Yeah, you, you went to one of the Koreas. I thought you went to the bad Korea. Maybe you went to the good Korea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Shit. It's like I think we need people like that in this world, though, don't we? Like yeah. we need like how I, I need the uh, the super villain like in um. And the movie we just watched in the heat, I needed mm-hmm. that super villain. Yeah. Like, I need Kim Jong-un. I need people like Kim Jong-il, like him and his dad. I need people like Vladimir Putin. I, need you know? someone to externalize. Like, you. Like, no, you're the bad guy. There's, yeah. there's nothing in there to be like, oh, well, you can find something good in all of that. No, you know, like, no, bad. that's bad. This is bad. <laughs> this is one thing that I don't have to think about at all. It's bad. <laughs> you know, I don't have to find humanity in this person and try to reason with it at all. It's just like, nope. They make the bad. world a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's like it fits in my black and white box. Like, <laughs> you're bad, you're good. You know, but anyway. Um, but yeah, that's the Conan Without Borders. He's going to be in Berlin. It's going to be on TBS at 10 p.m. Uh, next show is called Shut Eye. It's, Shut Eye. It's a uh, show. It's going to be a drama on Hulu. A Hulu original series. Oh, it's from uh, the producers of Breaking Bad. Okay. Which doesn't mean much because it's not like the writer of Breaking Bad or the creator of Breaking Bad. It's just the people that kind of threw money at Breaking they, they Bad. Were, but they were around Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a totally marketing language. Yeah. From the people that were around Breaking Bad while it was happening. Now I'll present to you. <laughs> that in a movie trailer was from the people that were around Breaking Bad. <laughs> while it was happening. <laughs> yeah, th- those same people are bringing a show called Shut Eye. It's, uh, it's going to be on Hulu on December the 7th. Nice. So uh, check that out this Wednesday or not. But yeah, that may be all right. I like to take uh, mo- like movie and television titles literally. Mm-hmm. So I just Shut Eye. It's just like 30 minutes of someone close up while they sleep. Mm-hmm. And I just had that thought and it just made me like... That's good. If you want to see that movie, it is a real movie. Andy Andy Warhol made a movie called Sleep, uh, just about people sleeping. It's like two hours long, and nothing happens. They just just sleep. Just people sleep? Yeah. (laughs) It's just just people sleeping. What a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Kanye did something similar to that um, with his song Famous, mm-hmm. where he took, like, 15 famous people in the, uh, the body wax or whatever and just had them supposedly sleeping or whatever. Right. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's that's Shut Eye. It's on uh, Hulu. It's going to be an original series on Wednesday, December the 7th. So check that out. Fucking great. People are assholes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love people that just troll people. <laughs> that's like the uh, the guy from, uh, he was on the show Taxi. He was, uh, shit, sh- who was the, the man on the moon? Andy Kaufman. Andy there Kaufman, yeah. Andy Kaufman, like I said, he would just go up for stand-ups and just troll people. They would think they were coming to see a comedy show, and he would just like sing the Mighty Mouse song <laughs> and walk away. Or he would just read Pride and Prejudice until people left. And would not stop reading the book until everybody left. That's you know? commitment to being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's pretty great. Because Pride and Prejudice is not a great book. It is. long. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. Well, I, I, well, you know, I haven't read Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. I've just seen two Pride and Prejudice books and two web series. I, I couldn't. I, I, I read Pride and Prejudice. Mm. I read about a quarter of it. Mm. 
After a quarter, I was like, I'm I am good. not entertained I'm by good. this. <laughs> but I do love Jane Austen. She is a great writer. I yeah. just didn't like Pride and Prejudice. Okay. People give me... I'm going to go on a little tangent. People give me Let's shit. Yeah. Whenever I say I don't get like a particular work from mm-hmm. a fucking author, it yeah. means I don't like the fucking author. Yeah. I love ass. David Foster Wallace. Get his Maybe ass. I don't like Infinite Gist. Mm. I don't know. I haven't read the fucking thing because mm-hmm. it's long and it's hard to get through because he likes to put words where words shouldn't be. Okay. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> like David Foster Wallace. I yeah. like Jane Austen, mm-hmm. but maybe I don't fucking like Pride and Prejudice. Yep. I like the uh, Downhanger Abbey. Okay. That was great. Mm-hmm. You know why? Fucking short. Got right to the point. Mm-hmm. God damn it. It was a yes. parody of social class. That's all I need. Yeah. Don't give me the bullshit. And Pride and Prejudice with zombies? Fuck you. Not related, but I still hate it. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm on the soapbox with you. I, I'm on that soapbox. <laughs> I agree. Because, cause like, if, uh, look, with the hating on Tarantino, but like, no, I don't like Django Unchained. I think that's shit. Like, what, you don't like Tarantino? I'm like, no, bro, I love Tarantino. It was just that one particular I just, fucking I didn't, I didn't like that one thing. You it's know? one thing. He's <laughs> on one eight. Thing. Yes. I like, I don't like one. Statistically, like, like shit. he's fucking great. He's a good guy. I mean, I, Jesus. I, I, yeah, I think there's three I don't like, but still, it's like, even yeah. even if I didn't like seven of them. He still has still, one thing that you, still, that you like. Exactly. That doesn't take away from the other thing that I like because I don't like one thing. Fuck out of here, guys. Baffles me. It ass clowns. Baffles me. Fucking ass hat. Oh, oh, you don't like this one particular thing? You don't like anything they have done. They've ever you done. You know what? You're yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, me. So the, uh, the next show is going to be on Friday, December the 9th. Uh, it's going to be on Netflix. It's a comedy. Get ready for Fuller House. Oh, uh, didn't do very well. It's, it's still here. Yeah. I, th- I, I think it was, that was one of it, the product of its time. It was, because I'm not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch that shit. She's like, it was good in the 90s. Just, yeah. you know, let it, let, it be, let it be there. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't blame you for not watching Full House or yeah. Friends or, like, seriously, like, any of that shit just because like those were the only 10 shows that i had we had we had a show on um i watched ABC. full house though i did watch full house. okay all right it's like but there was only so many options like mm-hmm. on friday night as a kid you come home eight o'clock tgif is coming out uh the thank god is friday you can watch step by step you can watch family matters with steve urkel you can watch them perfect strangers you can you know what I'm saying? you only have full or full house like you only yeah. have so many shows that you can watch back then and now it's like why would you go back and watch this shit when you can watch anything in the world? Yeah. Do you think me as a 15-year-old would have been watching Full House if I had the opportunity to watch something like Rick and Morty? No. <laughs> no, fuck no. no. Hells no. Me like, as a 17-year-old wasn't watching Full House because I could watch things like Dragon Ball Z. You, you as a 17-year-old had the internet, to yeah, be fair. right. <laughs> like I me as, also had a lot of porn. Yeah, like me as a 16-year-old, there was no such thing as the internet like mm-hmm. around for everybody that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, huh, didn't have the option. So like, no, I'm not... I can't blame people for not yeah. wanting to watch Full House or no Fuller House. Fuller House, yeah. <laughs> Still it was good in the 90s, man. Yeah. It's like if someone make, remakes Breaking Bad yeah. in a time where we have national health care. Mm-hmm. Not going to, yeah. No, it doesn't make, <laughs> it like, doesn't make like sense. Breaking Bad in Canada doesn't make sense. It doesn't. <laughs> like, bro, it's, it's going to be all right. That cancer thing, like, it's, it's fine, bro. Like, you're good. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll give you treatment. Oh, okay. I guess I won't sell math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tune in tomorrow for the season finale. Walter goes to bed. Yeah, he just goes to bed. He gets right. help and goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, that's Fuller House. Um, you know what? I don't think the twins are on there either. I don't uh, think. The um, awesome, no, the awesome twins. Awesome twins. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sold. How did they like? I hope they said that they went away to college mm. and not that they died. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, I would love to see Fuller House go like. Man, where are the twins? Yeah, the funeral was like two years ago, man. It was yeah. a rough time. What? what? Yeah, they, they <laughs> apparently they took the dog Comet with them. You know, <laughs> he's, he's on too. Had to replace his. It ass. was a car accident, man. They were going to the dog park, got hit by a drunk driver. Yeah, nothing we could do about it. <laughs> nope. 
So, yeah. <laughs> On that bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, th- I think I will check to see who's just there. Who's uh, there? I, I know. I'm I, I pretty sure I can tell you. Is Jess- Kimmy, G- Kimmy Gibbler? Uh, was that Jesse's wife? No, uh, she was um, the oldest daughter's best friend. Oh, uh, I think so. Okay. I think so. I'll take that. I think she's there. I think Stephanie's there. Yep. Uh, what was the, the cute older one? Um, DJ. DJ. Mm. She's there. Uh, Bob Saget's there. Mm. The guy that played Jesse's there. Yep. Uh, John uh, Stamos. Stamos. Yep. Uh, Joey's there. Okay. And Cut it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think maybe we're either missing either Jesse's wife. Yeah, she's on another show now. She's on uh, a different show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She's awesome. I love that lady. Yeah. So it's either Jesse's wife and the twins, mm. and uh, I think the the one that was addicted to meth <laughs> at some point. There's one of them that was addicted to meth. One of the sisters else? got into meth. Yeah. I think it was Stephanie, actually. Stephanie. The Stephanie, the, the middle child. Yeah, the middle child. She, oh, well, she had a real drug problem, so I don't think she's in the show. Sheesh. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they should, like, address it on one of the episodes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> you know, like, none of the kids ever got into any real issues. It would be a nice PSA. Yeah. I mean, okay. they, they they did it on uh, on uh, Saved by the Bell, had the characters get into drugs and stuff. Yeah. Whatever. All right. But that's, that's Fuller House. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next show is uh, Mozart in the Jungle. Uh, it's going to be on the same day, Friday, December the 2nd. I believe this has to be season two. Uh, right. It's an uh, Amazon Prime show. Um, girlfriend watched the whole season one. I didn't get into the show at all. I didn't think it was that good, but a person that I know watched the full season of it, so I guess people are watching it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's Mozart in the Jungle, Amazon, Friday, December the 9th. And that's going to be all for television so far this week. Movies, uh, we got four movies coming out this coming week. Uh, the first one is Rated R, 92-minute runtime. It's called Friend Request. Huh. Uh, star- horror movie? Uh, yes, horror. A horror thriller. Uh, starring four people that I've never heard of before, but here's the rundown. Uh, when a college student unfriends a mysterious girl on, online, she finds herself fighting a demonic presence that wants her that wants to make her lonely by killing her closest friends. Not gonna watch it. Nah. 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 She finds a fighting demonic presence that wants to make her lonely by killing her closest friends. I mean, it I, sucks. It's y- a shitty situation for sure. I wonder if it's supposed to be like the demon is just supposed to represent like an etern- internal struggle that you're dealing with. <laughs> you know, it's like you're pushing everybody away, but you want them here at the same time. <laughs> you know? it's, I think it's a cute metaphor that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I hear that's what the neon demon was about, too. It's like that's what I got, what uh, yeah, Devin. Devin was talking about. Mm-hmm. I pointed to the left as if as Devin was, was right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm telling no you, man, it's weird having guests and then not having them. Yeah. Fuck with me every time. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's friend request that's coming out this week. Uh, rated R. Uh, the next is called uh, Beficker, B E F I K R E. Uh, Beficker, the second one from the bottom. I think it's called Beficker or Befreak. Befreak, Beficker. Yeah. It's set in Paris. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Can I can I read this one? I want to try this. All right, go ahead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Befric, set in Paris, Befric is a free-spirited contemporary love story mm-hmm. of Durham and Shira, who find love in an impulsive, engaging series of experiences doused in the spirit of Paris. It celebrates love, sensual, carefree, and focus on living life to the fullest. Director, Ajita Chopra. It stars five people or four people that I also don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know those people. <laughs> that was weird. I didn't like it. I didn't like doing it. That's, I'm glad that you do it. That's Befrick or Befrick. But yeah, that's that's coming out this weekend. It's not yet rated. It's a 132-minute runtime, and it's a comedy. <laughs> if this so. was a video, I would have totally just put, like, every time that you try to say Befrick, I just, like, just fuck it up, and it just falls down and crashes on the screen. Yeah. 
the next movie is a movie that I actually do want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Office Christmas Party. Oh, it's, yeah, uh, <laughs> with uh, fucking T.J. Miller. Uh, Kate McKinnon, your, your best girl, Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon uh, Olivia Munn, Jennifer Aniston, Jamie Chung. Um, shit, a lot of people, who's a lot that, of the people. The, who's the guy from Arrested Development? Um, Which one, the dad? Yeah, the one that looks like Nathan Fillion a little bit. Okay. Nate, Nate, Nate. I don't know his real name. Yeah, Nate something. Is the guy from Horrible Bosses? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's in there too. Okay. The only person I really have a problem with is, uh, not a problem with, but it's it's a curious casting choice, is Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I don't usually see her in that type of movie. She was in um, a Horrible Bosses and um, something else. That so it's probably played. made by the same production company. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's 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 trying to break out of the box a little bit. Nice. But uh, that's the uh, Office Christmas Party is rated R, 105 minute runtime. Uh, when an uptight CEO sister threatens to shut down his branch, the branch manager throws an epic Christmas party in order to land a big client and save the day. But the party gets way way out of hand. Way uh, too fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a uh, starting star. I mean, uh, directed by Josh Gordon. Okay. You know another person that can go fuck off? Mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon love it. Joseph Gordon Lovett, you can go fuck off too, bro. I know who Joseph Lovett is. <laughs> you can go fuck off too. So I'm just making my list of the the guys. So so now Neil deGrasse Tyson can go fuck off. Uh, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris can go fuck off, and um, Joseph Gordon Lovett. All three of you guys, you go fuck off. <laughs> all three of you. Joseph Lovett. That's Joseph Lovett. That's it. That's you can be you Joe Lovett. You can you just be Joe, Joe Levitt. Levitt. Joe Levitt yeah. sounds cool. That does, you know? Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph, no. I feel like every time that you realize that that's going to happen, you're like, fuck that guy. Every time. Fuck you. Every I'll single time. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, we're done. We're done, bro. <laughs> uh, the next Billy Bob, what about Billy Bob Thorne? You know, I'm okay with Billy Bob because I feel like Billy Bob is just like one thing. It's one It feels like yeah. one name. It feels like one thing, yeah. So, okay. I'm, yeah, Billy Thorne doesn't really have the same ring to no, it. No, huh? Billy yeah. Bob Thorne. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take your logic. Yeah, I'm cool. We'll find rules to this rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, the next thing is um, a movie that a lot of people have been anticipating, um, La La Land. La La Land. La La Land. It's a uh, rated PG-13, 128-minute runtime. It's a comedy drama musical. It uh, has a 90 out of a 100 meta score oh, already. Wow. A, uh, a jazz pianist falls for an aspiring actress in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. It's starring Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and two other people. The uh, those the two movies that I want to see, they're Office Christmas Party and, mm. and that one. Yeah. Purely because of star power. Okay. I want to see T.J. Miller be funny, mm-hmm. and I want to see Ryan Gosling be adorable. <laughs> T.J. Miller, he's the guy from... Um, he, he was uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, which? Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. Okay. Uh, he has one... Like, Silicon Valley has one of my favorite jokes which of one? any show. It's uh, at the end of... I think it's the end of season one. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how to jerk off the most dicks. The oh, quickest. yeah, the skiing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, they go through, like, rates of exchange and rates of cum yeah. to, like, see how they can get four dicks All at once. out really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and that goes on for, like, a, that's like a seven-minute bit. Yeah. And it, it cracks me up every time I hear it. The most efficient <laughs> way to jerk off dicks yeah. at once. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I love that. Uh, but yeah, that's La La Land, uh, <laughs> PG thirteen, one hundred twenty eight minute runtime. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, th- I think uh, this is episode forty five. Mm-hmm. It's still a little bit crazy. We did it. Uh, I feel like every time that we have guests and then we come back and not having guests, mm-hmm. uh, I'm always a bit awkward at doing the outro and intro. Okay. Because I keep looking at someone for approval. Like nobody's that's there. That's not you. Mm-mm. It's kind of like I'm. A, are you? You? Okay. No. Nope. 
Uh, okay, microphone's empty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to I have to uh, be careful. Like, like whenever we do have guests, mm-hmm. I kind of tend to block them out a lot of the time. <laughs> really? You know, yeah, like most of the time to where it's like I have to keep cognizant. Like, oh, I should make eye contact with these yeah. other people besides Brian. <laughs> you know? Well, that's why I was talking to the side of my mic for the yeah, first 10 time, minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. I was looking at Camille who was sitting right next to me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, the whole dynamic is weird. I want a round table. Yeah. This would be great. We, and you know what? Once we once we get some more money in, and we can all afford like headphones, mm-hmm. and then you can just like be whispering in the mic to the other person. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that'll be super. It'll awesome. be great. Hell yeah! Uh, but for now, that's it for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, watch Heat. It's mm. a great movie. It's a great three-hour fucking movie. Mm. Uh, but watch it. It's great. And uh, especially if you like nighttime cinematography, it just looks fucking pretty. Yeah, it does. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Google Play Music app, mm-hmm. iTunes Podcast app, mm-hmm. and SoundCloud, mm-hmm. uh, all under the name for Film 6. And, and Stitcher. Uh-huh. We got Stitcher. Yeah, <laughs> fucking love Stitcher. Hell yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit crazy. We're doing this under a year, yeah. and we're on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, and Stitcher. Yeah. And uh, it's it's great. I, I mean, it. I think we got a big year coming up next year. Yeah. I really do. So, I mean, stay stay with us, guys. Yeah, yeah. stay with us. Uh, thank you for all the continued support. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't already, just because it's fresh on my mind, because we recorded last Sunday, uh, go back to episode 44 and check out all the links uh, and see if you're interested in helping Devin and Camille with their film. Yes. They're doing a really cool thing, and we want to shout them out as much as we can. Definitely. Because um, they're awesome people working really hard to make a thing happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, Find us on social media, talk to us, review us, mm-hmm. uh, leave us little comments on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever your deal is. Yeah. Just talk to us. Suggest us things, suggest us ideas. Mm-hmm. Be let's be friends. Let's let's be friends. Yes. Uh, thank you. That's it. Okay. Bye. Bye.